Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Every church has them, and now that it's Lent, it's time to pray them. We're talking about the Stations of the Cross. Whether you've never done the stations before, or you think you know everything about them, this episode will help you enter more deeply into this sacred and important tradition. On today's podcast, we talk about three ways to help you pray the stations. Along the way, we'll share what a Catholic celebrity gets wrong about Lent, and a saint quote to live by that Mother Teresa might have stolen? You won't want to miss it. So stay right here. Big night in the Cotter household, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Do you know why? No idea. <laughs> I just go just go with whatever you you're going to go with. You just agree with me. Well, I thought I knew what you are going to say, but now that you said that, I feel like I don't. So Wait, let's just, yes. This will be fun. Guess. I thought you were just going to like give a short tale of sick children in our house and the dishwasher running upstairs. and I don't know, but you might have something more. The big night at the Cotter house is I made my first Instapot meal. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That's the big news. Big deal. Really exciting. Steam cooked. Yeah, that steamer's crazy. The first time we did the test, the kids freaked out. They're like, wait, why is the house exploding? It's like, no, it's okay. That's what an Instapot does. Anyways, if you've never seen an Instapot release at Steam, you could probably YouTube it. It's magical. Yeah. A little pro tip for you there if you're really bored. But that's not why we're podcasting tonight. I hope not. No, we're not here to talk about Instapot. <laughs> but that was fun to watch you try to guess the big news. So clearly you weren't as excited about the Instapot as I am. But that's okay. That's okay. Yep, I think so. Tonight we are talking about something very Lenty. Yeah, that's, a, that's a word. It doesn't have to be only for Lent. But since we are in the season of Lent, we are doing how-to stations tonight. Stations being, of course, the Stations of the Cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, tell me a little bit about the Stations of the Cross. Why yeah. don't you? Let's do a little vision. I'd like to invite you to share with We'll do, do a little vision before we dive in. The Stations. I learned a little bit today about the Stations researching for the show. Ooh. Where do we get the Stations? Well, the tradition is, is that Mary followed Jesus' path when he went through the crucifixion, carried his cross, and then she, while she lived in Jerusalem, would retrace those steps and follow after them and meditate upon his cross, which was really crazy to think about. I never knew that. And then... That sounds like something Mary would do, actually. Though. Oh, yeah. she. Con- I, don't, I don't find that hard to believe at all. Yeah. Contemplate it in her heart. And then they mm-hmm. had these spots in Jerusalem where Jesus went, and then they marked these spots, and then pilgrims would come and follow the way of the cross. And people still do that today. They come to Jerusalem and you actually walk this route where they have it marked off of where Jesus carried his cross. Can we do that someday? Yes. Can we put that on the bucket list? It is on the bucket list currently. Good. That's true. Yes. That would be amazing. It'd be really cool. Well, here's the thing, Kevin. We all can't go to Jerusalem. <laughs> what a great voice, Lisa. Just That's right. it up for you. 
And because we can't all go to Jerusalem, what they did is they take this experience of walking the way of the cross and they created stations of the cross so that we could still live it out despite not being able to go to Jerusalem. And so that's why we all have stations of the cross in our churches to remember that. And that's why we do stations of the cross as a church so we can reenact Jesus' yeah, crucifixion and death. And those are one of the few things that are required of every church. Every church has the stations. I think so. Almost everyone. Yeah. It's like you have to have a crucifix and like the stations and like to an altar or something. Yeah. It's like very few things. I don't even think you have to have St. Joseph. Traditionally, most churches do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Mary. Mm -hmm. Again, traditionally, most churches do, but I don't think you have to have them. Like you have to have the stations. And I tried to look if you had to have the stations. I, I feel like I heard that somewhere, but I couldn't verify it. I've never been in a church or even a chapel that didn't have the stations. I I don't disagree with you. I just couldn't verify. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, hey, if anybody's ever been to a church or a chapel that doesn't have the stations, let us know. I'm kind of curious, but I'm pretty sure that's like a requirement. Yeah. It's mm. pretty amazing. It is. Awesome. Okay. So let's do a quick refresher because maybe you haven't prayed the stations in a while. So yeah. let's let's just quickly list through them. To refresh our minds, what are these stations? There's 14 of them. That's right. And the first one, the first station is Jesus is condemned to death by Pilate. Second one is Jesus takes up his cross. The third station is Jesus falls the first time. The fourth is Jesus meets his mother Mary. The fifth station is Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus to carry the cross. Sixth station, the uh, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. Seventh station, Jesus falls a second time. Eighth station, Jesus consoles the women of Jerusalem. Ninth station, Jesus falls the third time. I feel like you keep getting the falls here. All right. Tenth station, Jesus is stripped of his garments. They keep falling to me. Eleventh station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. Twelfth station, Jesus dies on the cross. Thirteenth station, Jesus falls into the arms of his mother. Uh, Laid more so. (laughs) Stop it. I... (laughs) This is a very serious <laughs> holy thing, and you are joking about it, and people are offended, I'm pretty sure. The 14th station is Jesus is laid in the tomb. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> it wasn't that. I just felt so great that you didn't get it at first, and then you got it. So you like, <laughs> corrected me and like didn't know. It was just, I really enjoyed that. It was like a Catholic dad joke or something. It was. And I'm a Catholic really, dad, so I'm really good at that. It's fitting. Okay, I think one thing to note, you might have heard those and thought, Wait, where's that in the Bible? Yeah. And the answer is, some of them aren't in the Bible. We made them up. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> we personally, the Cotters did not make them up. The church did not make them up either. Because this is a, it's a long tradition, this following the the way of the cross. Um, and so it's, it's a long, long part of our Catholic tradition. But, um, so the falls obviously are not listed, like, in, in the Bible, but... It's a pretty easy assumption. Jesus fell with a cross. And maybe he did fall more than three times. We just we just honor three of them. Or yeah. we meditate on three of them. Um, and then, let's see, Jesus meeting his mother Mary. Same thing. Like, we know Mary was at the foot of the cross, but that doesn't, it doesn't tell us when he meets her on the road. Although that's a pretty obvious thing that would, would have happened at some point. And then we have Veronica wiping the face of Jesus, which is a beautiful tradition of the church and... In fact, something really cool about that tradition is that the tradition is that Veronica was the hemorrhaging woman who reached out to touch Jesus's cloak, and that's what healed her. And then she later offers him cloth 
in his suffering, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the last one is Jesus is laid in the arms of his mother, Mary, um, lays, not laid, not falls. He he didn't fall. Um, which is where we get the beautiful Pieta by Michelangelo, which you can see at the Vatican, that real traditional statue carving. No. How do you say that? Sculpture. Sculpture. Thank you. (laughs) Carving. (laughs) It's not wood. It's late. It was whittled. (laughs) It's late. (laughs) All right. From one tree <laughs> that fell into the Vatican. Okay. okay. Let's get a hold of ourselves. Here. Yep. Okay. So there are three ways that we are going to offer you today to help you pray the Stations of the Cross. Because this is a beautiful tradition. It's it's one of our most ancient traditions in the church. And we want you to be able to pray them well during this Lenten season and not just show up at church to pray them because you're going to go to the fish fry, but to really meditate on them and be able to enter into them. So we've got three ways that are going to help you do that. So the first one is find a particular reason to pray the stations. That's right. So I think sometimes with Catholicism, there's just so many things we can do. And so it can feel at times, oh, this is just like, it's the stations. It's just another thing we do. But I think, so it's important as we look at the stations, like why engage with the stations of the cross? How is this going to help me? And I um, was reminded a little bit of this this week. Uh, I guess it was maybe last week. I was on Instagram and I saw this video and around Ash Wednesday, I always there's always like Catholic celebrities who wear ashes and like, it's great. Like it's a sign of faith, but this particular celebrity was in a video and he had ashes and he's like, happy Lent everybody. And, and he's like, you know, for Lent, like I'm not going to give up anything. Like, what is that going to do? Like, I'm just going to do good things. And, and this person was, well-intentioned. I'm sure they're trying to live their their faith out well. But I think this is the way a lot of modern Catholics feel and think. Like, sacrificing, there's no reason for it. Like, we should just do good things because that actually has an impact on people. And I think fasting is beneficial for a lot of different reasons. But the, one of the key reasons we why we fast, and I was kind of reminded as I was listening to that celebrity, was when we fast, when we sacrifice we remind ourselves of the sacrifice that Jesus undertook for us. So while we might not eat something that we don't like, or we might be off of social media or whatever it might be, that's that's really not as bad as Jesus dying on the cross. It reminds us of that. And so I think for me, as you're trying to find inspiration, you're like, why should I, I pray the stations of the cross? I really think it's about your relationship with Jesus, and it's an encounter with, with his death on the cross. That you could really take an account of how much do I value? How much worth do I place? How do I respond to the gift of Jesus dying on the cross? Uh, and there's this really amazing Pope Francis quote. I really like it. It's from World Youth Day, 2013. And he says this. He says, The cross of Christ contains all the love of God. There we find his immeasurable mercy. There is a love in which we can place all of our trust, in which we can believe let us entrust ourselves to Jesus. Let us give ourselves over to him because he never disappoints anyone. Only in Christ crucified and risen can we find salvation and redemption. And uh, I just think the stations across just give us that purpose and that inspiration of reminding us this is our Lord who died on the cross for us. This is where we find all of our hope. This is where we place all of our faith. And this is why we we, we have love for him and others. And uh, yeah, I think it's just good to remind ourselves of 
that's what the stations across can can do for us good work thanks that was a great summation there yeah I have nothing to add wow i know that's really good well maybe you can transition and do saint quotes live by yes yes so thank you for summing that up for us um yeah, just the idea of having a reason to pray, recognizing the purpose behind it, um, is I think a great start to the stations. Not just oh, it's just something we do as Catholics, but having that reason behind it is important. All right, so our saint quotes to live by this week comes from Saint Dominic Savio, and it is: "I am not capable of doing big things, but I want to do everything, even the smallest things." For the greater glory of God. I love that quote because my favorite part about it is that actually I feel like um, Mother Teresa like stole it from St. Dominic. <laughs> like he says, you know, I do small things with great love. Like this is just a fancier way I think of saying the same thing. But what I love about that is that it kind of shows us like our faith and, and what we believe and, and really like the spiritual heart of it isn't always will be the same, like at the heart of it. Yeah. Like everything changes, but nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savia was one of the students of St. Uh, Don Bosco, which is kind of cool, discipled by him. Yeah, and I, I love this quote just because, yeah, I think we want to do big things for the Lord. We want to do big things in life, but I'm, I'm so convinced that uh, so much of our efforts are just small things. And what do we pour into those, those day-to-day the routines, the mundane, our schedules, our tasks, like how do we live those things just with, with great joy and love? You know, how do we, when we see people, are we filled with that joy uh, for them? Uh, when we are given tasks, good or bad, how do we respond? Uh, so Salvia's quotes, I think really great for that and great for Lent as we're processing through a lot of these things. Fantastic. All right, let's head on to our second way that can help us pray the stations of the cross and that is to enter into the stations. so what do you mean by that yeah so i think it was really good for me to learn more about the background of the stations and how it was mary's travel with jesus and then it was mary's meditation on that route and just to remind myself that the stations are ultimately a reenactment of Jesus' crucifixion so that we can experience it, that we would know his love for us. And with any reenactment, uh, it's a story that we can we can take in and we can begin to live out. We talked about this uh, in our episode on How to Story. That was season three this season, episode six. And as this, we see this reenactment um, and how it was you know, taken and then exported around the world so that people could experience, I think one element that I'd never thought of was walking. So one thing that the Franciscans did when they retraced these these steps of Mary and ultimately of Jesus is they actually counted the number of paces in between each station because they thought um, that people not only needed to have these stations, but actually physically walk from station to station. And so walking is like a key part of the stations I never thought about or never knew because they want you to actually feel like you're walking with Jesus. It's not that you're thinking about him. You're actually walking along the same path as him. That'd be very interesting to know what is the full distance from the time he pecked up his cross to the time that he got to the place of his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. That'd be, yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, because he went from the city outside of the city, right? Mm-hmm. So it had to have been pretty far. Yeah. This isn't like 
half a mile. Like there must have been quite a length between those two. I think it's important to remember too, like I think the idea of walking, it helps you kind of remember like this is a real thing. Sometimes it's easy to kind of see this as like Bible land, like mm-hmm. oh, in Bible land. It's Jesus, Jesus world. Yeah. Like the, these things happened, but they're, they're actual, it's like a real historic event where you can tangibly, um, like they're tangible items to it. And I think it's so amazing to think about how in our church we have some of those, some of those, um, pieces of mm-hmm. of the crucifixion so like you can go to the holy stairs where you know when jesus was condemned the first station you can actually go to those stairs is that was that i guess is it condemned by Pilate or mm-hmm. yeah yeah condemned by Pilate. yep and those are the stairs that we have okay that's right that's right okay so and you can actually go up and down those stairs that he would have gone up and down and they're encased in wood and there's glass you can look at the marble underneath um and the tradition is you go up them on your knees which we were able to do with our kids when we went to rome last spring Mm -hmm. which is just amazing that we can go and go up these stairs that jesus himself went up and down um or like uh, this would be a longer story but like we we have the the cross (laughs) like it's been broken apart into little pieces um but it's just amazing to be able to see those pieces of the wood, which you can do in Rome. And this still blows my mind. Amazingly enough, you can do it at the focus office. Yeah. We have a piece, a true piece of the cross at the focus office in any day I want. I can go and venerate. It's a, it's a small piece, but it's a piece of the cross that Jesus died on. Like blows my mind Yeah. to know that those pieces exist. And of course we kept them like why? Well, long story. We had to, we found them, but we knew where they were. And so we went mm-hmm. and retrieved them. Um, the church did. It was St. Helen actually who went and retrieved the items. Um, but it's just amazing. And I think that, that helps make it more tangible and enter into it when you recognize that this is real stuff. This isn't mm-hmm. just nice thoughts. Yeah. Or not nice thoughts, but <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some of us might not be able to go to Jerusalem or even Rome to enter in the story, but those are great ways to think as we go and and go on pilgrimage. Um, some of us aren't always able to walk. I think I've just been opened up to like, oh, wow, should I be walking the stations every time? That's not always possible, especially on a cold Friday night with your family. So how else do we enter into this story? If it's a story that's supposed to be reenacted and lived, and I think one of the best questions is just to ask ourselves, where am I in this story? That's what any great story does is you place yourself in that story and I think the crucifixion and all the events that happen allow us to do that. So you can ask yourself, like, how am I like Pilate? And that might seem weird, like, well, I'm not going to condemn Jesus to die. Um, but there's times where, like, I know the right thing to do and I fail to do it. Pilate knew he shouldn't have crucified Jesus or condemned him to death, but he still decided to do it because he wanted to save his own skin. So, like, how do I do that in my own life? Or um, how am I like Simon Peter and the other apostles who just ran when they were needed? And they, they didn't stand up for our Lord. Uh, how am I like Simon of Cyrene? Am I willing to carry the cross with Christ or do I resist it? So I think now that we we place ourselves in that story, it can come alive. And then all of a sudden, um, that those stations of the cross, this thing that happened 2,000 years ago, all of a sudden presents itself in our own life. And we can start to live out those stories, uh, hopefully for the better, as we go throughout our day and think, how am I reliving this story with my own life? So that's kind of the first way I think we we can enter into the cross. And I think there's a bit of a flip of the coin here in far as Jesus and his suffering enters into our life. 
So we can enter into his suffering, we can enter into his story, but when Jesus suffers, in particular when God suffers, he enters into to our space, right? This is the good news, this is the incarnation, uh, this is Emmanuel, that God is with us. And particularly, I think he, he shows that he's with us in our sufferings. I think um, just in the last couple of weeks, you know, you and I, Lisa, have known so many people who have either been sick or, uh, you know, a, a miscarriage, uh, people in the hospital. Um, it's been a brutal winter. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of illnesses and a lot of, yeah, it does seem like there's a, an odd amount of bigger health issues that we, our friends have been experiencing lately. Yeah. It's like I started to run out of fingers as you count them, you know, just a lot. Mm -hmm. I I think of uh, our friend Dave Trotter, um, who I mentioned just because uh, if you could pray for him um, going through some, some health issues right now and in the hospital and just, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, he can get what he needs to continue to recover. But uh, a guy who works for, for focus, uh, just a lot on our hearts and minds, and um, you know this is this is the power of the cross, though, is that in our suffering, Jesus meets us there, and we can not only experience and know what it was like for for him to suffer on the cross, but he knows what it was like for us to suffer and what we're going through, and um, yeah, that's I think that's one of the, the most amazing powers of Christianity is that God. God knows us. He dwells with us. He understands us, not from afar, but a very real and intimate way. Yeah, I remember um, when my dad was sick with cancer when I was in college, a friend of mine, um, very holy friend of mine, kind of had a meditation for me, um, and in her very, um, she's a very unique person way, um, kind of shared it with me, and just kind of this idea of like, you know, like we have suffering. Um, and the way she explained it is she said, you know, Lisa, God's ultimate act of love was his death on the cross. It's like, what is, what is like the greatest example of love was Jesus dying on the cross for us. And so when he asks us to like suffer with him and come up onto the cross with him and suffer in that way, it's kind of his way of saying, do you see how much I love you? because he chose to take on suffering for us. Like he didn't, he's God, he didn't have to do that, but he chose that suffering knowing that the pain that was going to cause him, but he did it because he loves us. And so when we suffer, we get a glimpse of God's love for us Mm. and his choice to suffer and die for us. Yeah. Yeah. What a gift. Just what an amazing gift. Just uh, yeah. Again, another reminder how much our God, how much our God loves us. All right, I think it's time for our final third way that we can, um, I forget what we're calling these, help. Ways. Yeah, ways <laughs> to help you pray. The stations are, I just got lost in that meditation again for a moment there. Um, ways to help us pray the stations of the cross, and that is to pick a version of the stations. Pick a, pick a particular method, I guess you could say, of praying the stations, because there's more than one. Yeah. There's the stations, but then there's ways you can go about praying them. Yeah. So we covered in our first step just uh, looking at an inspiration, that that relationship with Jesus that caused, you know, sometimes we can feel like it's, all right, we're saying these prayers and going through these things, but remembering the reason, this relationship with Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross for us, 
Second way was just to enter into the stations. Um, and how do we do that through um, really placing ourselves in the story, walking if we can, realizing God's suffering. And then, yeah, and this third way uh, feels more minor, but I think is really important, which is to pick a version of the stations. So um, honestly, a lot of times when you look up stations across online, I think they're really bad versions. They're either too short or they're not meaningful. Or they just have like bad application points. You're like, mm, no, that's just, that's not great. So they're not your spiritual style. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Or maybe anybody's. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have some recommended ones. We're going to put these in the show notes. If you're re-inspired or inspired to pray the stations of the cross, just some recommendations we have for you. So there's the very traditional, the way of the cross by St. Alphonsus de Liguori. That's the little brown booklet. I feel like a lot of churches have in the back of the church at this mm-hmm. time of year. It's the, we adore you, O Christ. We bless you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Praise what most you? churches. Yeah bless or praise it kind of depends yeah because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of churches that's the one that's probably the most known and the most used is saint alphonsus Liguori's. yeah and you can get all these yeah these booklets like for a dollar fifty or whatever you can look them up online too but sometimes they're just nice to hold and have and not have to have, have a desi- device while you're praying uh second one if you want to pray the stations across that pope francis prays which he prays on good friday in the coliseum how cool is that so he's praying the stations of the cross. You like remember the martyrs who died in the Colosseum and shared in Christ's death. It's the best. Rome's the best. They just mm-hmm. always know how to do things. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, then there's the way of the cross. Wait, wait. So you're saying that's available to us? Oh yeah. You can oh, get yeah. it online. We'll make sure link. that's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. The way of the cross by Jose Maria Escriva, which might be the best. He's really meditative. He has a lot of good application points. It's longer. Nothing I'd do with children, but on your own, it's great. He does a great job of placing you in the story um, and really making you think through the meditation in his very bold and sharp way. Sounds very... So if you want to punch in the Jose gut. Maria. Yeah. And then there's The Way of the Cross by Fulton Sheen, which I didn't realize existed until today. I didn't read through it all, but you know what? It's Fulton Sheen. I bet it's pretty good. <laughs> you can check He's that like one out. He's like pre-approved. Yeah, anything. you're like, oh, Fulton Sheen, I bet this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are some, I think, some great ways to pray. Um, we do want to mention here, because I know that several of our listeners, y'all have families. And like Kevin said, that's kind of intense to be like, hey, children, let's sit down and pray. We're going to walk t- 2,100 paces now. I'm going to pray a rosary for each station. There are some ways that we have found that have been helpful in engaging our kids when we pray the stations on Fridays during Lent. And one of the ways is just simply we have a box with a symbol for each station. So each of the falls has a band-aid with a number on it, or there's a rock for, um, for Jesus is laid in the tomb. There we go. Um, You're like when he got stoned, wait, no. no okay. I knew, I knew that wasn't it, but I was like, wait, is that a station? Cause some people add a 15th station of Jesus rises. I'm like, that's not a station. Like, I know it's like, oh, but we want to give hope, but like... Not yet. Yeah, it's like, no, we're in Lent, so we're not thinking about the resurrection yet. Yeah, this is the bad stations of the cross online I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's it's. Don't like, make up your own stations. Yeah, don't do that. Don't add a 15th station. I'm sorry, maybe some of you have a 15th station, then you're like, no, that's the best. But really, it, it's Lent. Like, we're meditating. We're not, we're not to Easter yet, so... No happiness. No happiness, that's right. Um, like a cloth for, for Veronica, wipes face of Jesus. There's a, you can put a... a tissue in for 
meets the weeping women, things like that. So the kids pull out a symbol for each of the different stations. The other thing we have is we have candles and there's a candle, just a little votive candle for glass votive candle for each of the stations. And we light them all after we pray each station, we blow out that candle. And so you're watching the light of Christ dim until it goes out with the last station. And the great part, it's like symbolic. It teaches it, but also gives them a very small thing to do so that they don't like ruin prayer time. That's just being just being real here. So they don't just act like uh, nine-year-old boys. Um, so, yeah, put candles in for prayer time, and it's just any any child is already more engaged. So. Yeah, just don't burn your house down. Right. Yep. Right. So those are just a couple of the things that we do to make it a little more engaging for the kids. So they have um, kind of some some way of interacting themselves throughout the process. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that is our show for today. So thank you so much for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or at Lisa Ann Cotter and with no E. And as always, if you've enjoyed the show, please give it a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, tell a friend. This really helps us get the word out about the How To Catholic podcast. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it. Oh,